0: Two guys who haven't scored since 1958, Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho ho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 314. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your exotic host, Chris. <laughs> Isn't that how you described me as exotic? And this is my wonderful good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, brother?
1: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, baby. <laughs>
0: uh, got a big show for you guys lined up today. Got a lot of stuff going on. We're going to talk about the Packers game, which was a heck of a lot more interesting and fun than we anticipated. Uh, got some news about a guy named Chris uh, Spialman, I think, something like that. We'll talk about him. Uh, Matthew Stafford. a whole bunch of information about him and a whole lot more. we got a great show lined up. Geese, you ready to go, brother? Ready to deck the halls. Let's kick this off and break it down. reminds me. It's the holiday season and my balls need squeezing. That's right. All right. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Wow, And, of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Mathis! Brian Burkheiser from I Prevail, Iprevailband.com. Check them out. Pour some gasoline on it and uh, have some fun with all that because they are a great band. What do all these people have in common? Well, I'll tell you what it what they do and why it matters to you. Because they are part of the Patreon crew. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. And they get in the Slack chat. We all do. It's Risden, It's Case. It's me. It's some lunatic named Wisco who's got a dad humor from hell. Worse than mine. Absolutely worse than mine. A whole group of cast of characters and good people who have fun talking about the Lions. It's the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Uh, folks are joining all the time. You should too. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. If you donate as little as a dollar a month, help support the show goes back into what we do. Helps, you know, the senior bowl, the training camp, all the stuff that we do. Helps pay for all that kind of stuff. You get in there. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month, will get you access to the Slack. So do that. Help us. We'll help you. And you'll have the best chat of your life with highly intelligent people who. Are willing to disagree if you want to but disagree with well how is it without being disagreeable that's how they say it Hmm. (laughs) and uh, we'll do all that kind of stuff it's great it's a really great place to stand out uh, hang out and uh, especially now as the off season comes on and all the new hires and everything else going on so there you go give us a like on facebook facebook facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast and on the twitter machines at det lions podcast it's D E T lions podcast. Give us a follow. So you can see case
1: with tinsel on his balls. <laughs> Where else would you want to hang it? Subscribe on YouTube,
0: youtube.com slash Detroit lions podcast, youtube.com slash Detroit lions podcast, and youtube.com slash DLP clips. We're going to be putting some good stuff up there as well. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, radio, Amazon, all those different places, Pandora, uh, give us your reviews. Give us the five stars wherever the five stars. If it's ten stars, give us ten. Right? Give us all the stars because it's forever. It shows your love. If you can't give us five stars, head on over to the subreddit or into the Slack chat and uh, let us know what you think. We're we're down for that. Give us a call. Skype Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, or on the Lions Line at nine two nine three three Lions nine two nine three three five four six six seven. Leave us a message. You get a chance to hear yourself on the show. <laughs>
1: in your chin straps kids it's time to review this week in
0: reddit all right let's talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in reddit and i have to start um my goodness um in this in the chat hattori hanzo is reminding us of some of the fun we had in uh the saint jude telethon Wants us to do uh, baby? It's cold outside again. <laughs> remember our late night oh, duet. No, I don't think
1: that's a good idea. <laughs> you sure?
0: You sure? That was kind of kind of fun. Idea? Oh come on!
1: <laughs> uh, if if we're on for three more hours and I've had several more drinks, remind us again because that's that's the place I need to be in for that to happen. All right. so. it's, it's
0: it's not the beans
1: that did it, huh? No, the The beans did a lot of other things. (laughs) Yes, they did.
0: All right. Let's do a quick review of the Lions and the Packers. That was a game. I'm just going to I'll just straight up. um, I didn't expect the Lions to perform that well. Yeah. And look, was was the defense bad. Yeah. Yeah. The defense was bad. Of course. (laughs) It's it's the Lions and the 2020 Lions. Right. Were they the defense I thought was going to show up? No. Did we get a 50 burger hung on us? No, no. that's I, I think anybody walking into this last Sunday would have easily thought that uh, if someone would have told them that Green Bay hung 50 on the Lions, they said, oh, yeah, it's all yeah. right. It would have been easy. And that's not how it worked out, was it, Case?
1: Well, one of the <laughs> predictions I saw was like 10 to 43 or something like that. I don't remember the exact numbers, but um, I remember seeing that and thinking. I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from with that thought, but Mm. I doubt that's the reality we're actually going to see. These guys seemed energized the week before and, uh, being energized will only get you so far, you know? Um, and we saw that, you know, hundred percent play out. They were energized. They wanted to win, but they just were not the more talented team. um, no, there's a lot of other things to get into. And I, I, I know we have a lot of like minutia to get into as far as the game is concerned. I'm but, sure um, you're
0: keeping the lines related
1: with that right, illusion right. that you've made. Right. Right. Okay. You wanna know about my, my minutiae? That- <laughs> illusion, I said with an A. <laughs> <laughs> your, <laughs>
0: your minutia is almost an illusion but with an I.
1: <laughs> Let's
0: start out first with one of the most um probably the most talked about pieces. Uh, and it, it, it relayed down to a couple of different things: uh, the Marvin Jones catch, no catch, refereeing mm-hmm. that we saw. There's a couple mm-hmm. of problems with the refs, but the Marvin Jones ones is the most egregious because without that, was that real bad. doesn't get hurt, and that's really, really it was real bad. And we get three more. That was
1: before. real bad. That was real bad. Uh, I. It's you know and we've talked about many many times before that i do not believe that the nfl is fixed right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there are times
0: when they and make this you was want
1: to think- one <laughs> of them where this this was one of them where people who do believe that i have a hard time stepping into a conversation and trying to convince them otherwise like i can't Uh, That's so difficult because the amount of change that makes in the game, I'm not, and and assuming that we would have won uh, when the Packers offense was doing what it was to us all game long um, is not where I'm at. But it is so incredibly frustrating to see that much time come off the clock because they didn't call a catch that was a catch a catch. And that is, that's just, I mean, that is mind bogglingly frustrating. And so I understand why some people feel that it's all stacked against them. I get, I get the feeling, even if I don't agree, I get the feeling and sometimes it's more hard than other times to, argue with it. I think this is one of the more hard, more difficult times for me to sit here and say, yeah, absolutely not. You know, they, there was no bias, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When oh, man, it should have gone the other way. And, and how do you explain that it didn't go the other way? And the it's hit, difficult.
0: Thank you. Sam or salesman, uh, the hit in the, uh, in the, uh, during on the same play, that was that was pretty egregious too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you feel like if that's Rogers or Brady or Mahomes, there's going to be a flag on that one. I feel, I you know, you yeah. it's again that that kind of different tier of calling. Now, again, we we make it a point not to be the hey, it's the refs' fault we lost the game, right? Um, there's times when you can point to it and say, boy, did that influence the game pretty negatively. I think the next game is influenced pretty negatively. Thanks to the injury to Matthew Stafford. Um, Right. But gosh, 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 that one it's, it's yeah. And Brandon in the chat, uh, the in Stafford, it really, really stinks, but absolutely. He was a running back there. I think he did start to slide though, which gives him certain protections. He had just gotten into that. Probably not enough to give him protection in that. It was bang, bang when his, his feet started going and he got hit. So I'm not, I'm not even going to argue that point.
1: But I feel like he should have slid. He should have slid, slid a little about little. a half second earlier, yeah, and yeah. But, but it should not I, I hate to. I hate the Jones call it. It. Yeah, the yeah, Marvin Jones yeah. call makes yeah, that no, never absolutely. happen, and that's absolutely. the thing that's absolutely the part about it. That's hundred percent true. Yeah, wouldn't have, wouldn't have been an issue if
0: we'll talk about Chris Spielman in a minute. But do you think that calls like that are going to get him to come roaring down to the box and start beating some official butt? I hope so. That'd, I would pay a lot, a lot of money for that. A lot of yeah. money. Speaking yeah. of a lot of money, anyone, uh, anyone, 10 bucks, Super Chat, I'll give you uh, access to the Slack through February, just because I'm a good guy. 10 bucks in the Super Chat. <laughs> 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 Maybe longer. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and Matt Leffler out there, I know. I owe you. I owe you one. I got to get you in there. Uh, okay. So yeah, there we go. Um, the uh, the officiating was terrible. I'm I'm just waiting. I don't like just surprising him. So I got a text out to Dean. I said, no if we just give you a quick call. So we'll see. Um, I've surprised him a couple times. If I do that all the time, he's going to quit taking my call. I would already have quit taking my calls, but you know how it goes. So we'll see. <laughs> see if he's busy or not. Uh, <laughs> so the refs were definitely an issue or at least a part of the conversation as to what happened. The defense was bad. Yeah, the defense was bad, but they played much, much better um okay so if you watch only the highlights that they show on the game for the for the rest of the day on sunday at the sunday night game and and on espn and everything else you'd say god that defense looked horrible because it was always the our warrior miss where he just got shanked just yeah. ah, beat by Devonte adams and uh and then i thought
1: a warrior had a great game to be honest yeah up against one of the best wide receivers in the league the best maybe the best QB to Y wide, wide receiver combo in the league. I thought he had a solid game. There were a lot of other defensive players that I was much angrier with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and most of them
0: have an LB on their position and a lot of hair on their head yeah so there you go the defense as a team i'll just say we played a great team game i loved the i loved the the onside kick i loved that that was great and that we almost executed that that was great um just just all around it was it was really good to see this team play that well against a team that that's good because they are the cream of the nfc crop period i mean they're Mm -hmm. tied with the saints right as far as being the top team Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, so uh, that, was, that was interesting. TJ Hawkinson, lead receiver for the season, I believe, still for the Lions. I'll, I'll, I'll check that here in a second. But he looked terrible out there, didn't he?
1: <laughs> you know, he did. There were a couple plays that he might have been able to come up with that he didn't come up with. So I don't want to like say that he did the absolute best that he could have done. But no, man. Ah, okay. I hate to bring this up. I really do. Uh, Ebron. If you I don't think you do: I do <laughs> I, I really do, but but it's important it's important to make this point that I want to make. D.J. Okay. Hawkinson this year has been so much better than what we've had at the tight end position in any single player Stafford's entire career. This is the best, the single best performance by a tight end over, a, over an entire season that Stafford has ever had. Ever had. Ever. His yeah. entire career. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't disagree. Um, and and, and if you want to look, uh, the reason I bring up uh, e. Brown Marvin is Jones, if you, if Marvin you... Jones has beaten him by
0: ten yards. Sorry, <laughs> 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 it's a, it's a race to the top. It's 650. If you
1: go on PFF and look at uh, yearly grades for Ebron and yearly grades for TJ Hawkinson, and I'm never going to try to persuade anyone that PFF is the be all end all or anything like that, but Hawkinson ranks or his score for the year is something like 80 plus, whereas Ebron is like 55 or something like that. Like it's, it's just a huge, absolutely huge disparity. And again, I'm not, I don't point that out to, to necessarily bring up Ebron stuff, but I just want to make sure that people realize how much better TJ Hawkinson is than what we've had at that position. And that's the most convenient way to do it is compare him to Eric Ebron he has been in freaking credible at that position. It is the only time seriously, seriously. And we're going to talk, we're going to talk about Matthew Stafford and his history and the history of the receivers uh, that he's had um, in uh, later on in the show. But TJ Hawkinson is far and away the best tight end receiving threat that he has had this season that he has ever had in a single season. I think there was a year that it was close when he had uh Scheffler and Pettigrew. and, Pettigrew, Pettigrew. and Pettigrew, 2011. Still, yeah. We're going to talk about that. We're going to yeah, talk okay, about okay, 2011 okay, quite okay. a bit, Cause but, but as, a single, good, player, as a single player, as a single player, yeah, yeah. But Hawkinson is still better than either of those guys was individually. Um, I think that Jesse James is probably better than, uh, or at least on par with we got, uh, what we got out of Scheffler that year. And I think Hawkinson is definitely better than what we got out of Pettigrew that year. So if if I'm ranking the tight end seasons of Stafford's career, this is the best tight end season, even if, you know, there's so many other problems. There have been so many other problems. Yes, but.
0: yes, there have. All right. So let's talk about another guy, uh, receiver, um, out there. That this is this is interesting. Muhammad Sanu. He's been on the team early in both games. He's made key ca- catches and he looked good. Right. He had separation. Uh, great route running. He 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 looked really good. And then he disappeared. And I wondered why, why, why don't we throw the ball to him anymore? What happened? Why did we go away from him? Did he suddenly become the covered receiver? Then shouldn't somebody else have been open besides TJ? <laughs> what happened? Why, why did we the abandon answer to that? that,
1: Chris? God. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you want me to have an answer to that. I do. I I do want you to tell me he was like, (laughs) he he, he pulled a
0: Lamar Alexander, went out and took a poo or something, right? Tell me something. Did you hear that that noise? That, uh, Mm -mm. yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He supposedly there's, uh, there's talk that when he was gone yesterday, he had to go poo. So he ran back to the locker room and he missed a a drive because of it.
1: Sure. I just found that quite funny. Hey man, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. Like in my like I have to occasionally I have to make it dip out. When, EP. You know, even during the situation. high volume.
0: It's an EPS. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. fill out your EPS reports. Okay. Yeah. We'll have that's enough of that talk. <laughs> let's uh what else what what else comes to you game we only lost by a touchdown i mean we were in it really to the end it was it was good it was fun that's the other part of the game is it was very
1: very very fun to watch even in a loss it was efficient offensively yeah i think that's the major takeaway is that they only punted what twice the whole game and was, um, there weren't remember, that many
0: drives. If you guys remember the game preview that we did with Tony and Riz, I said the key to the Lions game there was no more than one three and out for the whole game. And I think they had two. If they had come right. down and scored, right, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that that was it. That was the key. Um they, they, right. they did, but they did. They were really, really efficient and, and were able to move the ball. Never would have thought there would have been that many long drives, though. Those were long drives for both teams.
1: Yeah, yeah. And for both teams. Absolutely. For both teams. I, I, I don't think there were. Um, it reminded me of a lot of the games that we had in uh, when 2014, 2015, when. Uh, We had the longest offensive drives, you know, uh, minutes per drive. I don't know how to how else to put that, but like offensively and defensively, we had the most minutes per drive. And that led to a lot of uh, really short games in terms of uh, when they got done. We had a lot of games that got done earlier than everybody else's games well that was this kind of game. Uh what were there? There were only like six total drives in the first half and six total drives in the second half. That's bizarre in today's NFL. Yeah. The efficiency for the score to be as high as it was considering how few drives there were total in this game was absolutely wild.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was incredible. And I mean time of possession 36-25 it was it was not that far out of whack. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. How did we do so well? And and I guess also something we need to do is give a whole heck of a lot of credit to Darryl Bevel as a coach and the players for rebounding with heart and playing hard and, and coming right. out and doing, you know, they could easily have written this the season off, every single one of them. Right, and everybody would have expected it. You could, they could lose, could have lost out, and everyone has said, "Yep, yeah, the Quinn Patricia built a crap team. That's what they have," you know. But nobody gave up, and they went out there. and And I'll go. I've got something. Uh, well, we'll talk about this in a little bit. I don't want to. I don't want to blow it yet. But there's a lot to that. I'm going I'm just gonna use a quote from Sheila Fort Hamp because I think this is really indicative of what's. What's changing, right? She said, it was clear that Coach Patricia's system was not working for the Detroit Lions. We have important football games left this season, and we're confident that Coach Bevel and the team are connecting in a very positive way. As we were leaving the Bears stadium after last week's win, we heard thunderous applause and laughter flowing out of the Lions locker room, something we've not heard for a long time. And even after a hard-fought loss to the Packers yesterday, it was evident that the team played with heart and never gave up. And that means so much. That means so, so much.
1: Look, man. I'll tell you personally, I don't give a shit. Are we going to get No, (laughs) All right, all right. I don't give a shit if the players are having fun, if the team's winning. But if the players having fun helps the team win, that's a whole other story. That's absolutely, you know, so
0: it's a whole different ball of wax. Absolutely. So um, and and you're right. And I think that's kind of what the draw was and why a lot of players went to um, New England. When you had Belichick and Brady and whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah you knew you weren't. Gronkowski said it when he came to, to Tampa. He was saying that it wasn't fun there. He he just didn't, wasn't enjoying himself playing the game. And the fact that he came back to be with Tommy in Tampa. Hey, that's great. You know, that's that's nice and all that. But um, he just that, that took a lot of that took a toll on him over time. And winning is great. But even after a while winning, you get used to it. And you've kind of then at that point accomplished everything. Yeah, you just don't it doesn't mean as much anymore. So you can, you can, you feel like you can leave and, and, and walk away. And it's really something, it's really something to see um, someone going out and having fun. Uh, Zuki's Turkey's talking about they're all fighting for jobs next year. Yeah, they they sure are. They absolutely are.
1: I wish they they had been playing a little bit harder for their jobs, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They, and
0: this is, I said it on the Sunday show. I got to say it again. I was, I was wrong on the whole idea of, um, when, well, no, I was right actually on when we should get rid of November 1st would have been the right time to get rid of Patricia because we would have beat the Colts and the Texans. I believe. Under a Bevel regime, and we'd be in a different, a completely different place right now. But um, I, you know, keeping him around, there there is a problem keeping him around. Evidently, when you have someone like Bevel, now let's talk about that. Does that give Bevel the line on the job? Does he have? Does he have like a shoe in here? Case? Do you feel like he's the guy for for head coaching?
1: No, I don't. I think he is a long shot. At this point, still, I I think that he would have to. I don't think this last game was a knock against him, Uh, but he he doesn't need. He can't just have not knocks against him the rest of the year. He has to have feathers in his cap. You know, Mm -hmm. like if he can't win two of the next three games and at least compete in the other one. I feel like he can
0: pull a win against the Vikings. And that's, I think
1: so too. I think that's, I I absolutely think so
0: too. You can get everyone on the team ramped up for it because it's a division rival and you can probably wreck their playoff chances, right? But
1: I think you have to, he has to do that. He can't just have another, have more games like this last game where, yeah, it looked like the players cared, But they they didn't win. But they performed well against a great team. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm not going to argue with that. They need to take that to the next level.
0: Right. And what you have to do is go to uh, or take on Tennessee and you have to beat Tennessee, or you have to beat the Bucks. Yeah. Those those are one of those two games you have to absolutely take, and you have to beat Minnesota to have a shot at that role. I feel like he – I don't – look, even if he does, I think it's still a shot at that role. I really think, though, yeah. that he is bridging that offensive coordinator role right now. I think he will get an expanded contract, an expanded role, and um, a, a, just a really, really nice offensive coordinator job without a guy like Matt Patricia – Pooing all over his, uh, doing a little, uh, all over his, um, his, uh, what's it called? Chockstrap. Yeah, that too. His, his, his playbook <laughs> and his play calling and everything else. It's obvious that when he has the, the book in his hand and he has the, the mic in his hand and he is unfettered with it and doesn't have Patricia all up in his business. Um, he can run a pretty darn good offense and I'm really interested to see what happens in it, with him to have a whole off season without someone all up in his grill about this. I think if if you know, I don't know that you make it uh, look, here's where things are going to get a little, a little, cloudy, right? Because there's so many variables here. I don't think you make a coordinator, a must keep and turn away coaches because you absolutely have to keep your coordinator. But that also doesn't change the fact that you need absolutely competent um, coordinators to support your head coach. And Daryl Bevel, I think, has proven that he could be that coordinator. He's got coaching skills now. He kind of has an idea what a coach wants out of his offensive coordinator, even though it's him doing it for himself. I think he could be that really, really strong coordinator. And frankly, this defense is such a train wreck, such an absolute train wreck that whoever we bring in is going to have to spend some time there (laughs) unless you get a Wade Phillips, but uh, (laughs) you know where I'm at, right? I think that's, I think that's the key. Um, He, you can, you can eliminate a whole lot from the coach's table or his desk by having a great coordinator there. And it looks like Daryl Bevel is the guy that can bridge Stafford, make sure Stafford wants to stay because Stafford really likes him. Uh can run a great offense, can score some points. I mean we're scoring right there with Green Bay. We scored well when he ran that thing. It looked you remember deep, who else with no talent. Stafford really liked. I do. I called this out on on Sunday too. JBC.
1: I love Stafford.
0: I do. Yeah. But <laughs> but he's learned his, something. He's his, you yeah. learned something. You hire yeah. bad. Look, think of it. I, I'll use this example because it's the most obvious. Bill Belichick run out of Cleveland. Probably, right. Probably learned a thing or two on the way out. Yeah, for right? sure. And for sure. Turned out okay. I think I, I'm sure Stafford's learned something here. And I think what we're seeing um, that we didn't see from Jim Bob Cooter, right? From the outside looking in, is that and and Jim Bob didn't get to, well, he did kind of play do his own playing call. I'll leave that alone. But uh, you see Bevel unfettered, being able to do what he wants, and you're seeing success with it. And that I think is the key difference between um, Stafford fighting for JBC and uh, fighting for Daryl Bevel. So we'll see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Adrian Peterson came here for uh, Bevel too. Good one for Z- Yuzuki there. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There's, I mean, th- that's 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 the other side of it, right? People. Some people came here for Patricia. A lot of them didn't. And a lot of them were happy to go. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Detroit's going to be an interesting place. There's a, there's a lot to go to, to to unpack in this place. I think some of the moves we're making is, is really good. But if I think about it, right? And we think about what Sheila just said and what I just quoted. And you think about that picture of her with her hands and her, her her face and her hands, right? And in the, in the such a great, I think, Mike. I forget his last name, Mike H. Took that picture. Riz knows him. Um, That was just such an iconic picture of where things were ahead of the firing of um, of Patricia. I guarantee that everything that transpired after that was a result of Sheila going to CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com and getting herself taken care of, getting her head straight. She had... Some serious anxiety. I'm sure there was insomnia, and I can tell there's a lot of emotional pain there. So she went over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, hooked herself up with one of the best legal in all 50 states pain relievers out there. Absolute, tell top you, top shelf stuff. And it's a quality outfit. Diamond CBD, they give you instructions, great, you know, full color printed brochure, the whole thing. Check them out, get all your, your needs met. All your pain, anxiety, and insomnia. I got the, this is the box of it, but I keep it in the box. I don't know why. Here's the, I'll even show you. I mean, I use this stuff like every time I got something sore. It is absolutely great. Uh, I've, I've had multiple people in the chat recommending it and saying uh, this, this cream is the stuff. It's given relief. They didn't have with muscle relaxers on back pain, the whole thing. The, uh, the gummies, the oils, they're all great. The oils, you take them under your tongue. It is awesome. Awesome. And it's good to go. Good to go. Remember, though, the chill line that will give you an effect. Some people may call it a buzz. (laughs) So if you use the Delta eight stuff, that's where you're going to go again. It's it's legal. Um, I had a guy literally email me or uh, DM me on Twitter about how potent that stuff was (laughs) for him and his wife. And uh, they were just zonkified. So just know if you got to go to work, you're moving heavy equipment, that kind of stuff. Don't do the Delta 8 for that. <laughs> That's not the place to go. But that it, that adds the, the whole kind of buzz thing. If you use just the regular stuff, the regular line, their gummies and stuff. I I got some of their watermelons here. These are really good. This is from this is Chong's Choice. Yeah. They're really good. And again, there's no ill effects. You can go do all your stuff. Cbd.detroit dot podcast.com. Use the keyword lions at checkout, get 55% off. There you go. All right, with all that, we talked about the Packers game. There's something that happened in Lionsland. I'm not sure if you guys knew that. Um, there was a hire this week, this day, and it was announced. And you'd know what's a good hire. And you know why it's a good hire? Because his name's Chris. There you go. Uh, Chris Spielman, hired by the Lions to, as a special assistant to the chairman and president and CEO. Um, I think that means he's got more than one boss. I think he reports to Rod Wood and Sheila. I think he is absolutely fantastic for this job, and we'll talk about it. Uh, a couple of, and I'll and I'll give you a second here, case. I just want to hit a couple points about it. Probably eliminates all the Amy Trask talk. I think that just kind of cuts that out now that he's here. I don't just see us hiring. AVP of football ops. Now I, I don't. We'll talk to Riz and see if he sees a space for that. But I just don't think that's going to happen. That's about Barry Sanders in. I think Barry's more of a fan move than anything else, and a PR move than anything else. I think Spielman is a move that's that's pretty interesting because there's a couple things about it. Um, <clears throat> he's got a brother who's a GM, and we know that Zimmer and um, and and Spielman and invite in, in Vikingsland could have been on the hot seat. It looked like it early. Maybe they're not now. Just stop if you think he's going to get hired because of the brother thing. If you think nepotism was bad with the whole Patriots hiring Patriots and Patricia, you don't want Spielman's hiring Spielman's. Let's just let's just take our guy and be happy with who we got in that role um, from Mikey on Twitter. He said Spielman was almost shouting while saying he's here to give Detroit the best chance to finally succeed passion. He's got it. He's he's bringing it all. This is a guy that has the heart, the soul lives and breathes Lions. was a lion his whole his life. Great career here. Great guy, won a playoff game in Detroit, the only playoff win in the Super Bowl era. Um, I think this is a really, really good hire. He's the guy that creates a vision for the GM. And I think Ash, I, I, I I love some of Ash's takes because they're so good right off the cuff. Uh, I think his his take was something along on a paraphrase here along the lines of asking why a four seven linebacker with a, a big head of hair is a good idea. <laughs> he's he's going to ask a lot of good questions when the whole the whole league is getting faster. Why are we getting the slow guy? Um, I think this really is the right guy to come in and help hold that GM accountable where maybe Rod Wood and Sheila couldn't previously. What do you think, Casey?
1: I mean, it's very hard to argue with him as somebody who knows the Lions' woes more than anyone else. I mean, he has followed the team as closely as anybody over the last... God, when did he retire? Oh, Since then. Yeah. <laughs> Since before then. So... um I don't have a problem with it at all. I absolutely don't have a problem with it because I think he's been a, a voice of a reason in many um, announcing, you know, situations. I have liked what he's had to say about the lions for good, bad, or otherwise. Um, yeah, man, I, I I don't have a negative thing to say about it right now, other than. He's a former player for the Lions, and there's a bias there. And will that bias mean anything? You know, positive or negative? His bias is to win, though. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. I don't. I don't suspect that will be an issue. But
0: yeah, I think he's going to bring a lot. He's going to bring, and I think what he brings is exactly what Sheila was talking about uh, with Coach Bevel right now players laughing cheering um applause there's a sense yeah. of emotion of attachment of this yeah. means something to you right yeah. the 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 idea and and look things change the world changes <laughs> the idea of do your job go ahead let it out case <laughs> the, the whole idea yon. of 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 do your job is maybe not the way that you want to deal with young twenty something and mid twenty something
1: sure. men these sure. days. Sure. Maybe there's something that they have to care about. Or not at least in the manner that it was presented. Yeah. By yeah. <laughs> I mean, still gotta you got keep your pad level low, pay attention to the fundamentals. Right. right. And things of right. that nature. And the degree you know, and the, the severity, severity may have been home. off base <laughs> by a little. <laughs> I th- I think
0: I think that um, Patricia's biggest failure was he was insincere. He he, he was trying to be something he wasn't. Yeah. And I won't argue with that. That was that was just really what undid everything. So there you go. Um, Okay, so he's in. Um, I think this is a good, good, good hire. I think this is going to help the team. I think this gives a sense of football knowledge where it didn't reside before on some big decision makers and has some accountability now for your GM. This is really, really good. He's also got um, a network of people right? he's He's been an announcer. He's talked to GMs, coaches, players. He's been involved and in, in, in the thick of this for years. He's not just some jackhole that's rolling in. He's got real football knowledge, has talked to people about how they're changing their teams, what their directions are, what they're doing as a team. It's amazing. I think it's absolutely fabulous. It's really, really fabulous. So uh, this is a good hire. Um, can he execute? We don't know. This is This is like hiring a... Uh, a, a GM that's never been a GM before. You're you're making a bet here because he hasn't done this before. So we'll we'll have to see. But if anybody is going to give his all for the Detroit Lions in that role, it's Chris Spielman, right? He never goes half. Even even when he's on the uh, um, when he's on the the broadcast, right? He's he he tends to keep it pretty you know he, he you can tell he's holding it back but you can tell he wants to bust out of his out of his shirt while he's on there in some of them plays it's pretty crazy
1: yeah no he's been great i really have enjoyed him 100% as an announcer um and there have been other guys who i think have, have fluctuated through uh, being players and announcers and coaches or executives at various positions and done a good job of doing that. And I think that he most certainly can be one of those guys like take Tony Romo, for example, he was an extremely good quarterback. Uh, he was borderline elite for most of his career and, um, and moved into the you know uh, announcing game and became the best announcer we've ever had. I'm not necessarily saying Chris Spielman can move from being a player to announcing to, you know, being one of the best front office guys in the league. But hey, man, it, having the depth of knowledge he does and having done the variety and versatility of things that he has done. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And I think that having a guy like him with a, with a true passion, I think that's important because you and I have a true passion for the team. That doesn't mean we would make the right decisions. He, but he, he has a, the <laughs> best choices they could make. I'm, I'm actually, insulted. well, they I mean, I wish, they, I wish they made some of the decisions we wish they'd made, because I think maybe some of those things would have turned out better than the way things otherwise have turned out. I'll tell you one thing. Um, Sandman
0: and I were talking on Sunday. I sure wish they'd talk to us about how the fan experience works and their interaction on the media, because we could help them a lot. They could for sure, for sure. Really be successful if they would just
1: anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but, but I mean to have a guy that knowledgeable about the game on multiple levels and passionate about wanting to improve things. I mean, I don't see how that's necessarily a bad thing. And so. I think uh, a couple of things. Um, first, Absolutely, Kevin Alt in the in the chat.
0: It gives me hope for the search. He has a whole level of knowledge that he brings a whole different ball bottle. For, wax sure, to that for sure, for sure. GM and a coach. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, and he, and again, Don H. You guys in the chat are doing great. Um, Spielman. He was also wise enough not to admit that he's not qualified to be the GM. There was people talking about it, right? Um, who was it on that was screaming for him? Oh God, who was it saying that he should? Was it Herman Moore saying Chris Spielman should be the? the g m who I don't I forget remember. who it was, I don't remember um going crazy saying yeah, he should be the g m and he's like, no, no, not not chance now i I want to hit really quick, Brandon, uh any chance Dan O comes on as a quarterback coach, I don't think so that e s p n money is just too fat to come back as a quarterback coach. I think he'd be great, I think he'd be really, really good as a quarterback coach,
1: yeah, I, I would have no problem with that at all if they did, but. I mean, he did
0: that for most of his career, <laughs> uh, basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just don't. He was think getting was a, a lot yeah, paid a Herman lot more. Moore. It was Thank you, Jim Young.
1: <laughs> you guys. I he was getting it, paid Jack. a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan Dano was getting paid pretty heavy money to be a quarterback coach when he was on the roster. So
0: yeah, yeah, he was, but he was good at it. So, there you go. All right. So Chris Spielman hired by the Lions. Uh, consensus good pick. Um, we'll see how it works out. Right. Bob Quinn was a consensus yeah. good pick. Matt Patricia yeah. was a consensus good pick. Um, just like. The Packers just can't. The The odds are so against them getting a third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row. The odds are just in our favor that we continue to make bad picks for the front office. <laughs> Sometimes oh. things have to regress to the mean or, or, or flip to the other side. And uh, Spielman seems to carry all the right stuff, especially for where this team is today. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to move on. There's something, a little chat chat about uh, playoff opportunities and where this team was (laughs) and where it is. And one of the very, very best things I saw um, someone said, So, what do you tell a team when they've got a uh, 1% opportunity to make the playoffs Mm -hmm. and bevel? So, you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) That's a great answer. That's a fabulous answer. Yeah, I appreciate it. Not only just for the meme potential, right? But because he's having fun with it.
1: Right. He, yeah. he, he, no, I appreciate reality. that. Yeah. On, I don't think there's a level where I could take that in a negative way, you know. He's just he's you know, he wants the team Johnson. to be he wants the best out of the team. He wants to continue pursuing the, you know, the best thing that they can come off with. I I don't I don't know how you could take that in a negative way unless all you want is a better draft position, which it's not like I don't understand that, but you know, if if you amp this team up at the end of the year, mm-hmm. that's a good way to get those guys involved and want to be on the team going forward and win so, their
0: job for next year. Yeah, that's
1: that's the other part. Players that have
0: been beat down like these guys have have every reason not to really do it this year. Um, but here they are yet. Here they are. Right. And I think you're going to see if <clears throat> this is going to we'll talk about this. If Stafford plays this week, just remind me to say something about that. I, when we talk about his injury, um, I want to talk mm-hmm. about what it means. If he, just say it now. if he plays this week, I think that's a vote for Bevel from him straight up. I really do. Sure. And, sure. and the change, because it's real easy for a guy that's in the pain that he is and suffer what he has to say, no, I'm not going to do it. This It doesn't mean anything anyway. I'm just going to kind of take the rest of the season off or game off or whatever. Um, now, if he's not there, that doesn't mean he's – you know make, saying the opposite cuz he the injury's really bad he's in a lot of pain but if he if he if he comes in and plays hurt at this point in the season where you know they got a 1% chance or whatever the playoffs um says a lot says a lot about where his head's at
1: yeah i completely agree
0: i'm really getting you this week i got you agreeing with everything <laughs> <laughs> i got you in a, in a compromise. i'm too position, tired man. I? i'm
1: too tired yeah. works kicking my ass so
0: no well, i will be doing i don't have that the
1: energy me. to fight with you <laughs>
0: <laughs> it'll be me kicking your ears um, no I want to get into something different this one was posted by Grandmaster PRA on the subreddit and it's just it hit me and I thought it was really really important and I'm going to read it it'll be it should be a pretty quick read uh, I looked into what the Detroit Lions record has been against teams with a winning record in the past several seasons I discovered a pretty insane trend 2012 1 in 10 2013 1 in 4 2014 one and five, 2015 one and seven, 2016 one and seven, 2017 one and six, 2018 one and seven, 2019 one and five, and this season one and four with Tennessee, Tampa Bay, and Minnesota to go. Somehow the Lions have found a way to win one and only one game against teams who finished the season with the winning record. The list even includes a Lion team that went 11 and five. Remember that eleven and five the only reason I didn't include two thousand eleven is because they went 0 and six and it doesn't fit the one win narrative it means in the last ten seasons they're nine and sixty one against winning teams I'll say that again nine and sixty one that's the most Possibly bad, <laughs> honestly, all those years that they felt like they were a better team was just a mirage. They had a much easier schedules, although I will say they consistently beat bad teams under Caldwell. We went eleven and five and yet we are n- over a in one year and we're over a decade nine and sixty one against winning teams that that is a testament to abhorrence that is a testament to terribleness and horrible horrible teams um I, I, I saw that and it just ripped my heart out. It took away those years that I was hopeful about the team. I was like, you know what? That's okay. We're yeah. building. I just realized, no, we're not. But I will say something if you lost to the Lions over the last decade, you probably suck.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's from a team that went nine and six. So, um, anyway, yeah, that, that one really hurt. That one really hurt a lot for me, Case.
1: All right. So there's two perspectives. Because every time I try to defend the Lions for not being as bad as some people make them out to be, people think I'm a homer. And every time that I call them out for being worse than people want to believe they are, I get called a hater or, you know, the various other things. They, when you look at that record, Go back and literally look at every single one of those games, and how many of those games came down to such a weird finish. Because man, I, I mean, not all of them, and it wouldn't it wouldn't make them a winning team by any I mean, by any means in that nine and what mm-hmm. sixty one. But 61. there there have to be at least a dozen or so of those games where. You and I just lost our minds about how the game finished. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. With right, a comeback with a comeback. The nine comeback, right, nine.
1: right, or or like or like the you know the map uh, the uh, the Aaron Rodgers hail mary type yeah. that, both, kind of I mean, that kind of thing. I mean, that kind of thing has happened in a lot of those games. That doesn't mean I'm trying to suggest that the Lions are a good team by that metric or should be a good team by that metric. But Mm -mm. I also do think that um, some teams have worse luck than other teams and we have had worse luck than other teams.
0: But think of it regressing to the mean. Boy, do we have some grand years ahead. You think the the Patriots run was good. Just
1: wait. Just wait until we get the opposite side. of that I am point. very much not even suggesting that. So <laughs> <laughs> if anything, what I would expect is for us to actually legitimately lose all uh, more of those kind of games in the future than be so close to winning them and lose them by fluke, you know, situations. Yep. I realize that's almost more depressing is that I think if, if we're to look to the future over the next 10 years and wonder how many of games of that type that we would win or lose, we might win or lose approximately the same number of them, but the chances that we would be close to winning as many as we were probably not so great. (laughs) I hadn't thought of it from that perspective before, but I I do think like that is kind of depressing because I I think that if you look at it from that perspective, that, you know, we got very, very unlucky a lot of times, but (laughs) if we remain to be as bad a team as we have been, it won't be about bad luck. It'll just be about they suck. Yeah. yeah
0: well. <laughs> I want to go back to the Spielman thing really quick. Cause Steve-O had a great piece in the comments. I feel like Spielman's role is so Sheila and Rod don't get schmoozed by another slick talker. Yeah. I think that's, that that's in line with, um, the role, his, his knowledge, it's complementary knowledge to what Rod Wood knows and what Sheila knows. You've got a real, if you think about their areas of specialty, and and what they really, really know well, what a great three-pack you have amongst them. And, and I know there's other people in here too, but you're finding really good slices of knowledge. And a GM is going to have to have enough to pass each one of those completely different tests. I like that. I really like that. I like this approach rather than like Ernie, Corsi, again, consensus best. That was the great guy to go. Hey, he was old at the time. He had his opinion. Now you have people with multiple viewpoints and, and areas of expertise that are all getting brought to bear under and, and putting people under a magnifying glass to determine if they have the right skills. I, I would love to be a fly in the wall in this process because I, you know, I, I'm thinking about how the scorecard works after the interview and how they're doing the scoring. I would love to see that because this is gonna be a really, really interesting process. And I think I think it's a smart process. I think it's absolutely a smart process. Um hiring Spielman now though, after you've done those internal interviews already, it sends probably a bad message to the internal <laughs> to internally interviewed people, unless they're coming back for a Spielman interview too. <sighs> but um you know, at least they interviewed him. They gave him a shot, and, and you got it. Yeah,
1: I wasn't. I mean, I I'm not reading anything, anything at all into that, other than due diligence.
0: Oh, you know, those what?
1: internal those internal ones. That doesn't meanish. That that means absolutely nothing to me.
0: Oh, I'm reading a lot into it and you know where I'm reading it from (laughs) amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com a lot of stuff to read into there audible next next week we'll have brian roseppa author of you're hired a guide to working in sports he's interviewed tons of gms and athletic directors and so on it's a good book um Case has it in the e-format to read. Sure, Next week, Brian's going to be on, so make sure you get it read, Case. And uh, we'll have an interview with him. It's uh, really interesting stuff about the process and even what they do day to day. We'll do a deep dive on that. But that is available and all of your holiday purchases available amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com it will take you right to Amazon, just gives you a cookie lets them know we sent you, so that we can take away some of the profits from that evil greedy son of a gun Bezos, and uh, it helps us out helps us out the show, and uh, you get all the great stuff, you don't have to go deal with people you don't have to go out in a meat space and see all these, these snotty nosed people spitting viruses everywhere, you don't want that Stay home. They'll gift wrap it. You don't have to this is the best kind of gift. You send it to somebody pre-wrapped. You didn't have to leave your you didn't have to put on pants. Cause let's face it, we were pants free. You didn't have to go outside. You didn't have to see your neighbor catch you in the driveway when you're trying to you could just sit there with a you know case of beer or whatever and do your ordering. And there's no better secret Santa than drunk you. The stuff that shows up is always amazing. Amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get over there. Get all your stuff done and uh, help out the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. Thank you, everybody, who's doing that. This is that time of year. Amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com.
1: Think, speak, and always gets me. He always gets me what I want and I can't afford. Oh,
0: man. Oh, I forgot my... I got a great line for uh, for the CBD. I didn't use it, but you haven't heard it. Are you feeling stressed out about being so stressed? <laughs> not over the CBD. Okay. okay, let's talk about Kenny Galladay. Uh, you brought this up a little bit, um, Case. You wanted to talk about what a bummy is and how you're ready to mm. run him out of town. I think that's what you said, right?
1: I. Uh, Yes and no. I mean that's not that far off from the conversation I want to have. Uh no. I I, I had a conversation with a user on the subreddit uh this last week. Shall we name the and, user or would it be a bad name? Yeah, I think in this instance it's probably better just to leave it out.
0: Okay. He doesn't um, name the user. He really doesn't. He uh, just so people know when if case and you get in an argument he literally doesn't even think about you and it's not because he doesn't like <laughs> you or
1: anything he's just he's like a goldfish. it's because i've been in a million <laughs> yeah. of them he's like a goldfish if I'm i serious. thought about everybody that I've ever been in an argument on reddit it would you know we we've had some i would ones, not good i ones. would not have a girlfriend i would not have a job i would we, we had some good ones along the way i mean, we're, I mean Case and I are very very
0: close as far as friends go but
1: along the way we've
0: we've we've, we've poked the hell out of each other and he does a way Better job of for literally just forgetting like that anything even happened, much less like, getting over something. There's nothing to get over when you're just like squirrel, right? I mean, it just goes away. <laughs> anyway,
1: so,
0: so don't worry about it.
1: Go ahead, All right, go ahead. so it was some dude on the lion subreddit, some dude, and he was making the argument about appreciating Kenny Galladay doing what he's doing in terms of not playing and it get it gets my ire up a little bit now before we get into the you know absolute heat of the argument i think it's very very extremely important to say none of us you me or him or any of you listening Hope oh, maybe, unless you do, in which case, please let us know, um, know the actual details of Kenny Galladay's injury and how severe it was or is or whether or not it is severe enough to actually keep him from playing or whether or not he's just not playing because he doesn't want to, because he... Doesn't want to play for the Lions or he wants a new contract or any of that stuff, right? Yeah, it's, it's not the coach. Coach is gone. He could play, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. The Lions. Okay, so here's where I'm at. Here's where he's at. He thinks that Kenny's being brave, okay, by taking a stand and not playing.
0: Against what? What's a stand?
1: His stand is that Kenny is not playing uh, because he doesn't want to take the, he doesn't want to risk his body before getting a new contract, right? But he has a
0: contract now, right? That he's supposed to be playing for? The yeah,
1: yeah, 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 but Chris, he's playing for a new contract because he's a free agent this offseason. Is he a free agent right now? <laughs> You're ruining all of this. <laughs> okay. oh, sorry, I'll stop talking.
0: I was <laughs> keeping you awake. Go ahead. No, 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 no. No,
1: um, no I mean, I, that's that's the whole thing. He is. It, the, he was. Uh, he roots for Kenny Galde because he isn't playing right now. And the question, and like I said, the question is whether or not Kenny Galladay isn't playing because he can't be playing or because he doesn't want to be playing. And that's a tough question to answer. We don't know the answer to that. But if Kenny Galladay right now and for the last, what, month and a half, two months, Mm -hmm. hasn't been playing because he is more concerned about his future contract than he is about the current state of the team, that sends some really messed up signals. Yeah. Now, I will say there is a,
0: there is possibly something going on. You may have heard we don't have a GM right now. So it's possible that there's no negotiations going on.
1: Right. And hold on, I got a couple but the, we, did, we still had a GM up oh, until a week ago. But
0: he was a GM that a <laughs> lot of people didn't like. And those negotiations right. could have been terrible. So he doesn't know who he's going to be negotiating with. So that's that's one thing. The other thing, I think that's a fair caveat. The other thing is his two agents are suing each other right now. Yeah. They're in court battling who gets how much money and whatever. And I think that could be part of what's holding him up signing. We, we, we put these nefarious things to it. He could actually just be injured. And his also agents true. are letting him sign because they also don't know who's true. going to get paid. And agents are slimy little buggers. Um, I, I just – not all of them, right? I, I mean, I know there's one, Casey uh, – I'll, I'll leave his last name out, but Casey, um, he was a great guy, really great guy. We we had uh, one of his players on for an interview, Casey Redfern, the, the punter, if you remember. He, this his Casey's agent. Casey still texts me every year on my birthday and wishes me a happy birthday. He's, he's That's just, awesome. Yeah, he's a really good guy, and he's he's genuine about it. Right? He he has something that we've had we have in common to talk about. He's a good guy. So not all agents are slamballs. Lots of them are, though. Lots of them are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can find a good attorney. Ours is spectacular, uh, Mona and Hey Hey Gia. Uh, so, awesome, awesome attorney. Anyway, but the thing, the whole thing is, is this whole thing in the background could be everything that's going on with Kenny and it could be nothing to do with him holding out. And, and I hate to cast aspersions on his motivations, right? Look, if we're going to find out, right. If, if, if he is a piece of crap, right. And he's doing this for, for those nefarious reasons, he's going to have a tough time. He's not going to get what he wants in free agency. We're going to be, it's going to stink for us because we're not going to have our number two wide receiver hopefully the number two wide receiver um, that's going to stink for the lions because we're already really thin at that spot. And it's a, it's a, it's a tough time to need as many as we do uh, with as few draft picks as we have. And and we'll find that out, but that's not going to change. Right. But I you got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt that there's something else happening. And when we find out it's not, then we can call them all the names in the book.
1: Well, and that's what, that's basically what the argument is, is whether or not, um, let's, is the hypothetical is is in the hypothetical Kenny Galladay is a dick <laughs> <laughs> and that is a hypothetical right that is not a a given uh, by any means yeah. and I don't want it to be a given or come off as a given that Kenny Galladay is a dick you know but funny. it is one of the it is absolutely one of the possible you know scenarios that we have been living through and that Kenny Galladay is not playing right now because he doesn't want to play for this team when this team uh even what five how many weeks has Kenny Galladay been out five weeks um, six weeks well, two and a half seasons <laughs> <laughs> if the the team, when he got hurt, and I, I'm not questioning that he got hurt at all, like that's not, but the severity of and whether or not he could have come cleared. back to play is definitely, you know, again, I am not making any assumptions because he very mel- very well may be like in severe pain and not playing for very legitimate reasons and I'm not trying to assume otherwise. Yeah. And but so- if 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 what he's doing right now is not playing because he thinks the team sucks or whatever he could have been the difference maker in a couple of games that could have won us a couple games that would seriously have put us in the playoff hunt right now, right now, yeah, right now, two, two more games, including the Packers game this last week, where we lost by a touchdown and, and, and thanks to a couple of dead drives, you know, too, if, yeah. if those dead drives hadn't happened, would Kenny have had an influence on whether those drives were dead or not? I don't know. I'm not saying otherwise. All I'm saying is he if if he is doing what he's doing because he didn't like the lions, you get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> then he then he gave up on his teammates. He gets what he deserves. And I don't know, I don't know how you painted it out any other way if that's what happened. Yeah.
0: Now, Brandon, isn't it more medical? Okay. By a doctor for sure. Right. They get medically cleared, but it's more often a doctor says there's absolutely no way this person can play without further hurting themselves or they're just too injured right now to play. Yeah. A lot of guys play hurt and can talk and talk their way through that medical piece. There's a little bit of flexibility there and it's the old, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not saying this is Kenny at all but it's the old workman's comp. Oh, my back hurts. And, you know, no one can prove your back doesn't hurt. And there right. you go. You know, you're, you're, you're down,
1: the, down that path. And I don't, have a, I, I don't necessarily have disrespect for him for taking that path, if that's the path he had. But I have nowhere near as much respect for him as I do for other players who have played through those kind of things. Stafford being a prime example. Yeah, here's where Stafford. I don't think there's a player that I could have more respect for, for trying to push through those kind of things than I do for Stafford. Football right. Football is always
0: such a good allegory for life. And here's where, you know, you're, you're on this and I'm not saying you're on the side, but you're saying, hey, there's probably there could be nefarious things here. I'm on the other side saying, "Hey, it could just be something simple. He could be a great guy. He could be a nice guy. And this is why I hate people because people are not nice. They're not good people. Generally, right. they're mostly right. turds, right? Uh, right? Okay, there it is. There's my my life lesson again from football. Thank you, football. <laughs> I want to go back to something. Um, we 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 discussed it a little bit when uh, we touched on it or got to the edge of it. We talked about the uh, the nine and sixty one stat for the Lions, and it's. There's a lot of talk about Matthew Stafford and his performance and his performance relative to the quality of the people he's been surrounded with. You know, hey, he's, he's had Calvin, he's had great players around him. And it's, there's a common mis- misconception about it. And I saw a post by a guy, and I'm going to try to pronounce this. It's really <laughs> difficult. It's Sasa Hami. So Sasa Hummy, can you pronounce it? Have we
1: we ever, are we ever going to run off this gag or? (laughs) No. So sue Oh, Oh, oh! uh I wish you just freaking write
0: Case. It'd be so much easier. (laughs) All right, Case, go ahead. Do your rant. Rant number
1: two. Yeah, no, no, (laughs) no. There have been, you know, discussions about Matthew Stafford's uh, ability for as long as he's been a lions quarterback, right? I don't think that comes as a surprise to any lions fans. Right. Mm, no, I mean, I mean, local news in Detroit, uh, has had a negative slant on him many times. Right. I, I, I did, I've never lived there permanently, but I'm aware of that kind of thing. um, Local, like not the TV
0: guys, the TV and ladies um, on, on television. They really take a different
1: tack. Sure, around the sure, players, sure. Right? I guess writers, I guess my yeah, perspective, yeah, my perspective uh, on it is mostly people complaining about, you know, the yeah. uh, Mike Valenti type stuff. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Who? Well, go ahead.
1: Right. And, and well, we're not trying to start any feuds. Another at the one. Yet, but uh. <laughs> there's so many bad, I mean, we'd have there's so many we'd have so
0: many feuds if we just called out all the bad ones. Go ahead.
1: But I do think there is a mindset in Lions fans over the past 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. Over the uh, what what am I looking at? Uh, 2008 to 2020. Okay, so 12 years. That's my timeline as a Lions fan. And I think my perspective on it is a little bit different just because I don't necessarily get the same input that other people get for their input. That doesn't mean it's better or it's more right. But I think on certain subjects. People who uh, absorb a lot of that stuff might think differently because they've heard differently so many times that's all i'm trying to say um okay so there is this wide spread belief amongst many lions fans that over time stafford has had an above average receiving core for most of his career
0: oh absolutely I mean, you, you, all you have to do is look at Chris Durham and how long he was on this team. He was spectacular.
1: You have really buried the lead there. Do, 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 do you know that they were college roommates? <laughs> you, you couldn't have, you couldn't have picked out the worst, you know, thing <laughs> for that to, to totally some like ahead of these man. Like, <laughs> like the last one my head was I don't want to talk about Kenny Galladay. And I'm like, Okay, and we
0: set it up and then it's like, yeah, you're
1: wrecked yeah. It. no, it's all good. It's wrecked all good. Him, it's man. all good. I'm Go ahead. But no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Chris Durham was the number two receiver on this team at one point. Um, I think it bears repeating the history of Matthew Stafford and the receiving core. So buckle in. We're going to go on a little bit of a trip. Most of this is based on my memory, which isn't necessarily perfect. So if you're hearing something in here that you completely disagree with, feel free to message us, uh, leave it in the subreddit in the RNFL subreddit on our post or uh, hit us up in the slack. If you happen to be on that or on Twitter or whatever, and I'll try to address what you think I'm wrong about. So
0: tune in, turn on.
1: Right. Here's right. I'm happy I'm happy to <laughs> This is a trip. make concessions if concessions need to be made. Okay. So, 2008 to 2010. Lions have shit for receiving core. Right. right. Oh, <laughs> they have Calvin Johnson. Okay. We're going to come back to Calvin Johnson several times in this, but they have Calvin Johnson and that's it. That's it. They that's it. Nothing else. If you think that Calvin Johnson alone gives you an above-average receiving core, when that position accounts for three to four to five wide receivers, two tight ends to three tight ends, plus running backs, that's hey, we we're not. You're not going to find common ground with me here. Calvin Johnson was amazing. Mm-hmm. He's but I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to set that aside. We'll, we'll get back to that. He's pretty good. 2011, they had a really, really fantastic receiving core, if you remember. They had Calvin Johnson in his absolute peak. They had Nate Burleson at his best as a number two. And Titus Young feeling like a halfway hybrid between number two, number three. Like as a rookie, he was phenomenal. And ba- Brandon Pettigrew had his best season in Tony Scheffler great mm-hmm. as oh, the yeah. tight end duo. Love and Javik Best, before Javik Best got hurt, was also was so a monster great. out of the backfield. So that was maybe the single best year uh, in terms of all-around depth. Like, there were players at every position for Stafford to throw the ball to, and he was never lacking, right? Mm-hmm. 2011 was great, but it couldn't have gone downhill faster than it did in 2012. What happened in 2012? Burleson got in a car accident looking for a pizza. Mm. Pettigrew fell off hard with his injuries. Like he was already slow before. Pettigrew was never a fast tight end, but in 2012, like it, it, it became, it, it, and in his stone hands, his hands turned to stone once he got injured. <laughs> they were, and they were. He was, he already yeah, yeah. had stone hands in 2011, but but you combine stone hands with you know the injuries and the incredibly decreased speed in 2012, and you you no longer have a player that's viable at all. And Titus Young went absolutely insane, absolutely insane, absolutely crazy. Like in, And I don't mean that in, in any, you know, everybody knows the story of Titus Young. He just went off the rails. So you went from 2011 having maybe one of the top five receiving cores in the league, which is the only time I think that Stafford has ever had a top five receiving core to a below average receiving core because you lose everything but Calvin. Right. Calvin's the only one left. For most of the year, sucks. That's
0: all you need. All you need is Calvin. You can win.
1: <laughs> 2015 wasn't. Wait, what oh, year was oh, that? Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse wanted, me. But... That was 2012. That was 2012. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> 2013 was just a continuation of that they still sucked. It was Calvin and his prime, but that's the only player they have. That's the only player they have in the receiving core. That's the Chris Durham year. 2013 is the Chris Durham year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wait,
0: 2015 is the Chris Durham year. He was there before that.
1: He was there for a while. No, I said 2013. Oh, 13. okay, okay, okay. 13, 13. Sorry. 2013 okay. was the Chris Durham year. That was when, he, I think, I it, again, this is mostly from memory, so if I'm wrong about this, but I think Chris Durham was the number two wide receiver for the team. He was, yeah, he was. He
0: will be a first ballot <laughs> Hall of Famer. You watch. He gets on there, he's elected, mark my word. The second he gets on that ballot, he will be he will be elected.
1: 2014, and and we're still mostly strictly talking about wide receivers, but 2014 was a lot better. Golden Tate came on. Yeah, and Golden Tate and Calvin Johnson were a dynamic duo. Do not get me wrong about that at all. That also happened to be the year that Calvin got hurt real bad Mm -hmm. and and played about half the year, either missing games or playing as a decoy. So you got about half the year so to of Pete Calvin Johnson and half the year without him. Golden Tate was the perfect weapon for Matthew Stafford. I miss that so much. 2014 Matthew Stafford to Golden Tate was one of the, was a thing of beauty, but overall besides those two, there was nothing, there was nothing there for that team. Mm-hmm. It was those two guys. And when Calvin was out or injured, it was just golden Tate. And that's not enough. That's a, that's not a good overall receiving core. That's a average at best, probably a below average receiving core on the year. 2015 was similar, although I will say Calvin was a little bit closer to himself in 2015 than he was 2014. Uh, he didn't actually miss any time. Um, and he did make some, you know, big plays and that kind of thing. But he still, if you remember 2011, 2012, 2013, even 14, Calvin, that was not the same guy we were getting in 2015. Sure. It was not. It just wasn't. He was slower. He was dropping more passes. He was going up for jump catches and winning them a lot, but his hands were not as stable as they used to be, and he didn't have the speed to break away deep for anything that he had had previously in his career. So 2015, I mean, not a bad year, but not a great year. (coughs) And that was, I think that was during the Reggie Bush era. Uh, and we'll get it. I'll get into the running backs a little uh, bit Reginald. later, but that was, yeah. Uh, to the, uh, I, I'd have to look up the exact years, but Reggie Bush may have been one of the guys during the 2014, 2015, or maybe I'm, I might be making up which years he was, but we'll get it. We'll get into Reggie Bush later. Okay. So, You move on and you go to 2016, 2017, and that's actually maybe the best two years of Stafford's career as far as receivers are concerned. Because you have Marvin Jones and Golden Tate both balling out and you have various other players doing their part, right? Yeah, for sure. The depth wasn't amazing. But those t- you had two guys who were playing low-level number one roles, right? Agreed. That's a great thing to have. That's a very great thing to have. Mm-hmm. So, 2016, I will not argue that 2016, 2017, he had an above-average or at least average receiving core. But then immediately thereafter, you get Tate leaving and Kenny Galladay coming in as a rookie. And uh, actually 17, which was a great year, 17 uh, to have Kenny Galladay be the number three year. receiver. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> it, was, it, 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 it wasn't a great year in terms of the Lions record, but it was a great year in terms of his receivers. So I will give that. But then you move on from that and you lose Tate and it's, it goes to Kenny and, and uh, Kenny and Marvin and Marvin immediately starts getting hurt. So you have Kenny emerge into a low, low to mid-tier number one in his second year, but you've also got Marvin who, who can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So you, you really never get that established duo or trio over a long period of time that any never quarterback would want.
0: More than one talented wide receiver really fully available. Uh, or right not never right never is the wrong right. word almost never did you have two talented wide receivers fully available to matthew stafford throw a tight end out there throw a wide receiver or a, a running back out there into the mix and the lack of those things and when one would appear and the other would disappear it was like whack-a-mole like you're right you're, you're good you're 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 viable tool if you will for lack of a better term and and I don't call many people tool other than case. Um, it, sorry, buddy. Um, it's like whack a who, Who's the one? Who's the one that's sticking up? And then, boop, he's gone. The Another one pops up. So it's a, it's a lack of consistency on who you're throwing to and their style, how they run routes. Um, they a speedster. they a, a, a runner. They fight for the ball, right? What are you dealing with? How do you position the ball who you're throwing to? All those kinds of things that you have to figure out with a different guy consistently, and you never have to and yeah. it becomes really easy for a defense to key on somebody. I mean, that's why like Calvin Johnson's what it was the Bengals when he was triple covered and he he went up and he got that ball, right? Stuff like that is just magical. But think about it, if you've got three people on a wide
1: receiver, you should have somebody else is open. Open somewhere. <laughs> and we didn't. There wasn't anybody else open. <laughs>
0: or or and I and I need to go back and see if the all 22 is available because if someone was open, Stafford didn't trust him. Sure, sure. And sure. that's a big deal to sure. have somebody taking a roster spot who's wide open that your 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 quarterback mm-hmm. can't throw the ball to. That's a huge, huge problem. Huge. Sorry. I'll I, try I, I to
1: I'll try did. to run through the rest of this as fast as I can because I think yeah, I'm you probably have 60 boring seconds, people. Buddy. Okay. Okay. So tight ends. Who's Six the best tight goals. end that Stafford's ever had? T.J. Hawkinson, Yeah, I agree. For one year. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <well>, year and a <laughs> half. He was good last year for a bit. Until he tried to he wasn't people. terrible last year, but he certainly wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't this year, T.J. Right, right. Okay, so one year. Uh, running backs, we've had Reggie Bush, who led the league in drops. The, the Overall, the Lions led the le- league in drops from like 2008. 2000- 11 through 2014. So even when they were, you know, even when they had spurts of good play, they were still, you know, <laughs> Williams dropping the ball, Williams, Rogers, Kevin Johnson. Uh, oh, it, 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 we would be remiss. And I, I think Wisco mentioned this. We would be remiss not to mention Theo Riddick and Riddick had a really, really incredible run from uh, 2014, 2015 but then his efficiency fell off hard. Like he caught everything that was coming his way those two years. And I appreciate that so much, but they tried to make him a feature part of the offense after that. And it just didn't work. It, it, it couldn't, it didn't not work at all. So he was great as a low usage guy. And then as they try to increase his usage, it just got worse and worse. So I do apologize. Harder. I, I got, do think I do miss Theo Riddick in many ways, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, the chat, I got to go. The, the chat is, is absolutely fire. Jim Young had me cracking cracking up. Um, okay. Remember when we got a new strength and conditioning staff and we thought all the injuries would be over. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Moore Perryman and Johnny Morton were a nice trio. God, Samurai Sword sword Salesman, you are absolutely right. I've got to get Johnny Morton on. I I have a really good connection to him. I've got to get him on the show. Um, But Scott Mitchell was their quarterback. Now, you say too bad they had Scott Mitchell. Remember, he was the record-holding quarterback ahead of Matthew Stafford. So people that are saying Stafford should go, just, just remember scott mitchell see when he played look at the gap in years there and then go before that and then get yourself ready for some auto erotic asphyxiation because it's a, you're going to, want to end it all right there um let's see um wide receiver discussion dan even with kenny nobody got separation turkey holes are small yeah yeah kenny's he not a separation about that receiver a he was like yeah. the worst in separation before he went out with uh with injury he was terrible. He just, everything was a contested ball and he could fight for it and get it. And half of that, at least half of that was Matthew Stafford being able to put that ball in there with such velocity. But that's always and dangerous. Accuracy. And no, no absolutely it is. But if you got to fight for it and get it and you get a ball going in there and it's contested, it looks so spectacular. It's like, it's, you know, it's like the movie for Car sure. Wreck. Absolutely. People love that. Right. But a real wreck sucks. <laughs> right. Right. But that's, that's kind of the whole situation there. Um, Pretty grew had a year with 88 catches. Yeah, he was good when he was younger. And he wouldn't yeah, no, he he fell apart I won't once he got injured hat. and he couldn't
1: catch a ball. Uh Corey Schlesinger. He always had trouble holding on to the ball, but I mean he wasn't a bad tight end.
0: Ooh, ooh, okay. I've got one that you're gonna love and and it's it's dominant. I gotta hit Sam Race our salesman because I thought his real name here. Um full, fullback love. What about Corey Schlesinger? Absolutely. I would go to his math class today. Um, Anquan Bolden, he was with Tatum. Oh, Jones, I, right? I
1: called him out in this comment. That that was um next on my list. So
0: I knew you'd like that one. I do it because I know you're a huge, huge fan. Uh, tricky hole, not tricky hole. It's a pinhole from Brandon.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chuck Long's Andre Wears. Oh God, it was horrible. Oh. Okay, there we, we go.
1: got we got that Anquan Bolden thing for a year and that was yeah. phenomenal and man how much again, I miss that. Again, Seriously, I miss that.
0: Look what happened when Matthew Stafford had more than one target. Yeah. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm, it's
1: uh <laughs> how, how, how a GM
0: and a series of GMs and coaches and everybody else involved can think that not getting weapons out there for Matthew Stafford is OK because he's good enough and we're going to fix all the other spots for a decade is just stupid. It was this is such a disser- such a disservice to him. I mean, I don't know if I'm Kelly. My Instagram's fire. With this whole topic. (laughs) She. I don't. I don't. She probably doesn't want to call players out. But she. She's probably. When it's all over. I would not be surprised. If she pulls out the old. He ain't had crap to throw to. Because they didn't give him any weapons. And. and Especially in a league right now. Where. You know. It used to be. Defense wins Super Bowls. It's offense right now. This is a league where offense wins those games. Why in the hell. Are we on the opposite side. Of that pendulum swing. With no offensive options. And. Oh yeah, well you got no defense either. So there you go, <laughs> Screw drafted a quarterback when you have Eric Nipple. <laughs> Thanks, Russ, Russ Thomas. Uh, all right, I'm going to move on. Case that was yeah. Great. No,
1: no, Did, like give me five seconds to finish this off. The only other plays I want to mention is on Johnson, who I thought was a great addition uh, to the pass game for the running back position, but was hurt. And yep. so didn't get the opportunity. And DeAndre Swift, who I think will be a great receiving running back, but didn't have a preseason. So he started off the year terrible and kept not even on the same page, not, to, not even remotely the same pages as, as Stafford. He lost us. And and I'm not trying to lay the whole game on him, but that that week one game against Chicago, and then he had several other passes this year where things like hit him in the back of the head or something like that where he just clearly wasn't on the right page so i mean that's what stafford's been dealing with his entire career this whole thing
0: you know is about his cases uh internet or his posts on reddit and i should have just put this behind the whole time while you were talking (laughs) Just let you go at it. (laughs) All right.
1: I just put it on there so I would have something to reference back to later. But but you typed
0: in less words than you said it. That's the (laughs) right. All right. Still on Matthew Stafford, Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford suffered a rib cartilage injury per the source. Team is not overly optimistic he can play versus the Titans, but they're leaving open the possibility since Stafford often toughs out injuries. Royal rapper. Raptor 7 Eleven posted that. This this is exactly what I was talking about before. If he comes out there and plays his vote, his hat, his is in the ring, he's one hundred percent in on the Bevel run. Again, if he's not there, it doesn't mean he's not in on Bevel, he's not fully supporting him or, or anything like that. That doesn't you don't read anything into him not being on there, it just that he's hurt. But if he's out there and especially if he only plays half a game, right? Because it just hurts so bad, it's a statement. And watch for that statement and don't let that statement go um un, unhonored or whatever because Matthew Stafford is one of the toughest SOBs in the NFL. And he I just I'm so happy that he's ours with the the, the, the how there's I can't imagine any other quarterback in the league. Playing for the Lions as long as he has and continuing to gut out games like he has. Yep. He deserves a freaking ring. He deserves
1: Oh know, yeah. He deserves a oh, damn absolutely. statue
0: in front of Ford Field before he retires for what it would he's take given to this organization.
1: It would take a lot. No matter where he, if he were to leave this organization, I don't think I could blame him. <clears throat> and I, I have blamed other players for their lack of, you know, loyalty or this, that, or the other thing, but I don't think I could do that. Stafford, he's been here for so long, he's given up so much. I'm not sure what it would take for another player to top him as my favorite player of all time at this point. Yeah. So,
0: yep, for sure. He needs some CBD. Detroit Lions podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually.
0: <laughs> Um, just just a really quick thing the St. Jude thing isn't over we've got the stjude.org slash DLP thing if you want to give direct again you get your tax deduction your end of the year you're looking for a couple ways to get your tax deduction and do some good St. Jude help those sick kids help bring Christmas to the kids we're going this ends on Friday and I want to tell you guys the auction is going on and it's getting hot heavy and really, really, I don't know. Anyway, uh, check it out. It's auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. Head over there. There is, there's some Galladay jerseys, um, looking good, signed. You got some uh, DeAndre Swift football. You got a Jeff Okuda signed football. You got um, Dan Miller going to do a custom voicemail message for you with your script. As long as it's not really dirty, he's a nice guy. You don't want to make him say bad things. Um, all kinds of really, really good top. Oh, there's, a, there's the Darren McCarty there that i love f lemieux and sweet revenge Simon him I, this if you're a detroit sports fan uh, especially if you're a wings fan that is a piece of history right there you cannot let, actually i shouldn't be silent because i want to get it <laughs> but it is absolutely <laughs> it is something really special something really really nice and it, it will go down as one of the most talked about fights ever in history so all right there you go auction.detroitlionspodcast.com let's do a look ahead now Um, We're playing this game against a team called Tennessee, and you want to know how bad Tennessee is? I'm going to tell you guys how bad Tennessee is, whether you want to know or not. You know, I got my son who is super, super smart, really great on his PSAT, top 1% in the nation. Um, Besides that, (laughs) he did. He really killed it. I can't believe it. Besides that, you know, you get these things at that when your kids are that age from all these different colleges and stuff, right? And they give you their sell their sales pitch. Why do you want to come here? Why do you want to come to this school or that school or whatever. University of Tennessee. They send us an email and at the in the subject and at the top of the email in the graphic it says, "You want to come to the University of Tennessee? We've got the biggest library in Tennessee."
1: <laughs> <laughs> like i got the biggest You're like that's in the outdated world. outdated <laughs> as a selling point but i got
0: the biggest library in the world it's called the damn internet <laughs> a little bit of torrent
1: that is, all my textbooks. That, that might be a little bit outdated as wow they're using it to when i was a freshman in college man my the president of my college uh drexel university in philadelphia he tried to abolish the library
0: he's ahead of his time is yeah. it? not. You know what yeah. the
1: library is? That's where they hide all the books.
0: That's yeah. there, yeah. All right. So let's talk about this whole Tennessee place. Things are a little weird there. Things are a little crazy, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll think about it. Um, Tennessee. You might have heard of them. The Titans. Mike Vrabel. Possibility. Uh, Jeff Risden's choice for Detroit Lions head coach back in the day. Um, I don't know if Vrabel would have been a whole lot different in. Uh, as a head coach than Patricia with Quinn getting the people there for him. I'm not sure. I do know that Mike Vrabel is 174 feet tall and a damn good looking man. I saw him at senior bowl. I mean, I like I walk. It was like I walked by him and I'm not, you know, I'm not a small guy case, right? I walk by him and it was just like. <laughs> and he, like, he, his shoulders are above everybody's, even Riz, even Riz looks mm-hmm. up to this guy. His shoulders mm-hmm. are above everybody's head and he just walks across. He can't hide. He can't hide. It's like, hey, there's Mike Vrabel. Hey, there's Mike Vrabel. Hey, I'm across mm-hmm. the field. I see Mike Vrabel. Couldn't miss. really, really cool guy. Um, but he's coaching this team, and they look good, but they stumbled a little bit. They stumbled They have... way. This Derrick Henry guy, yeah. I, think, I think he's overblown. I don't think he's that good. Let's talk about mm. that. He's, he's got to face the, the future <laughs> Hall of Famer Jelani
1: Tavai. He doesn't have a chance. Well, okay, so two top backs in the NFL – this year in terms of yardage are Dalvin cook and Derrick Henry. And I think Dalvin cook is the better overall player when healthy. But I do think that Derrick Henry is, he's a monster to stop. And when have we proven as a team that we can stop a running back, let alone a guy like that.
0: Jelani Tavai is immovable which means he'll just walk around. He
1: doesn't out. move, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> There's some great it's like signs. a chess piece. There's some great he just things. stands there. There's some great stuff If you Jelani run into Tivai him, you move.
1: Probably fall
0: down, but get, get your signed Jelani to gear in the uh, auction. <clears throat>
1: uh, uh,
0: uh, <laughs> it's for no. the kids, man. Help um, the kids. No, he, he he is, and that's going to be interesting <laughs> to see him face <laughs> off against Derrick Henry because I don't. I don't even know, man. This is what if, and and so the team Tennessee has had a tough time. What if, and I'm, I, I yeah. love what ifs, right? And I love crazy. You know, I, I put crazy scenarios in front of you all the time and have you react. But um, what if Jelani Tavai actually has a really really good game against Eric Henry?
1: <laughs> what happens? That would be weird. That would be very do weird. I don't know. I don't know. What, how do you? Uh, then that we need to go to counseling. <laughs> From <laughs> well, for another reason. <laughs> right. Um, they lost to the Browns two weeks ago, 41-35. Uh, so, I mean, if you put that in our, in our favor, considering how we played against the Packers, yep. it wouldn't be, you know, the weirdest win we've ever seen. It shouldn't be one we're expecting, but I I think you put them on a similar tier where you put the Packers. Uh, Not as good at quarterback, but better at other places, uh, especially running the ball. Uh, Even better in some areas on defense. And I think... I mean, if you look at the their last four games, they beat the Jaguars 31 to 10. And the Jaguars aren't a great team, but we we saw some good games on Jaguars earlier this year. So uh, to beat them 31 to 10 is pretty solid. They lost the Browns 41 to 35. The high-scoring games, a lot of these are high-scoring games. Yeah. They beat the Colts 45 26. The Colts clobbered us. So, I mean, that's... An indictment. You can't do this math.
0: You can't do this math.
1: No, and, and I agree. I, I, I'm not saying that just because these things don't look like they're in our favor doesn't mean we couldn't win it. It just, uh, it's going to be a tough game. It is very much going to be a tough game. They beat the Ravens of all teams 30-24 four weeks ago. So, I mean, they're, they're a high-scoring team. And we are not a low-scoring defense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but the thing, de- it's, it's, it becomes, like you said, a lot like the Packers. The fewer three and outs we have, the better chance we have. Yeah, it's—it's yeah. it's, It goes to what I said earlier. It's all about, can you score more than your opposition? It's an offensive game anymore. Yeah, And this is just another one of those offensive games. Hopefully, it's not offensive.
1: Yeah. I hope it's not offensive.
0: But... So, the key is to stop the run July to buy <laughs> got it got it covered no
1: it was key <laughs> have you did you ever play that um x men uh <laughs> did have, like, arcade game
0: before doing a podcast
1: <laughs> Do you ever play that x men arcade game the like mm-hmm. the one that was like the double the double screen.
0: I don't think I did.
1: Some of our listeners, I guarantee some of our listeners played it.
0: That's probably but. after my arcade. Or
1: but it was, TV, I mean, when game. I was growing up as a kid, there was an X-Men arcade game. Um, and it, you could play as Wolverine, uh, uh, um whoever. But the first boss, uh, or the second boss, not the first boss, was the Blob. And he always had his catchphrase, no force on earth can move the blob. <laughs> and I've always remembered that my entire life. And every once in a while I think that think about that as a as a you know football player. I Jelani Tavai, like, yeah, maybe you can't move him, but he's not moving to get anywhere else either. So if you just run around him, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll just give you. Back of my day, we had pinball machines. None of them fancy things
0: with screens. (laughs) Asteroids—that—that was groundbreaking. It really was. I was only like seven though when Asteroids came out. But sure, it's—it stole my life.
1: Dazzler, Storm, Cyclops. I'm missing one. Nightcrawler. That's the one. That
0: was who I was missing. All right. That sounds good. All right. There you go. That's your look ahead. We'll go into our game preview on Friday with the Riz and Tony. T.O. ts It's going to be interesting to get their take on uh on uh, Chris Spielman, especially Tony's Tony has a history. Now, I won't say it. when I say a history, that means a bad thing. Tony has uh, a has history, a good history, uh, and knowledge and conversations <laughs> with Chris Spielman. He's a relationship. A of- yeah, there you go, thank you. Oh, that sounds, no, Now it sounds, everything sounds bad. He knows Chris Spielman. Okay, okay. He knows him. He spent a lot of time chatting with him, uh, interviewing him and spending time not interviewing, just talking with him in locker room and everywhere else. And now that I said the locker room with all the other stuff, it just all seems weird. But Tony's going to have a real, real good he was take naked on this, i sure. What you're saying. Hey, we're sitting here with no pants. Why, why is that weird? Um, yeah, so the game preview on Friday, we're going to do it probably around four o'clock, as the usual we usually do, and uh, then of course the post game show with Sam. And we got some Senior Bowl coverage coming up here after the the season's over. Of course, we got some good stuff going with the the um, the Super Bowl, the playoffs, the coach hire, the GM hire. There is a ton of stuff for us to talk about. Um, it's just there's only so much time. It gets better. We've been, we're gonna go short in case we're an hour and 40 what the
1: <laughs> yeah i know i know it's been wild <laughs> uh, hey if you want me to jump on on friday for the game preview i actually have friday off so
0: all right yeah yeah let me let me see if we can put that together um i'm i've i've got yeah, I got to see what my day is like. I'm I'm trying to get out of work at like noon, and then I'm off until January 11th, gentlemen. It is time. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming, a lot of content coming on. Uh, this is my time of year to really play and, and spend some time in this, so I think we're going to have a lot of fun. All right, folks. Thank you all for joining us. Remember, this show needs your involvement. We'd love your feedback. Go to the subreddit. Let us know what you think. And if you if you love us as much as we love you, and God,
1: we love you. And as much as we love ourselves.
0: Oh, God, we love ourselves so much more. And <laughs> <laughs> on over to uh, the any aggregator, iTunes, whatever. Give us those five stars. We appreciate those. Don't uh, forget the Friday game preview, as I said. And Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in there as little as a dollar a month. You can give us more. We'll take We'll take your whole pet paycheck if you'll go for it. Uh, patreon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get in there. Donate to the show. Help us fund all the great stuff we do. And get access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. No BS. You heard it. You've heard it. If you listen to the post game show, you've heard people call in unsolicited. It is absolutely the greatest place to talk lions on the internet and there's no trolls. It's really good. Um, Make sure to follow us on except for Wisco. He's a different kind of troll. major troll. (laughs) 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 He he lives, (laughs) he lives under a house because someone cut the joist and then caved in on him. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at D E T lions podcast, D E T lions podcast, the very best place to see case. With no pants on. Oh God, that's so sexy. It was called on Skype Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or on the Lions line at 929-33-Lions. It's 929 We'll get you on the air if you leave a good message. And go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to our podcast so we can pop up all over your face, in your skull, rattle it off your ears, automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection.
1: Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bags, start the plane. This show is over.